Cheerio, lads and lasses, and welcome back to the STL Podcast. Today, we'll dive deep into the early UCL action and leap to wild conclusions about how the group stage will play out. Plus, we'll check out the Premier League before it goes on pause, RIP Lilibet, discuss Graham Potter's move to Chelsea, and look at the MOS standings a month before the end of the season. It's a lot to cover, so let's kick on. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Soccer Talk Lads or STL podcast. It is Thursday, September 8th. I got it. I did it. Uh, And we are here, all three of us united once again um, on this, I was going to say wonderful day. It's a somber day in some regions of the world uh, with the Queen passing away earlier. So, you know, our condolences to Prince Charles, who now has to be king. Um, wouldn't it be weird if your mother died and that meant you got like the biggest promotion of your life? Mm. Like that's got to be a weird setup to to have to live through, huh? Mm. Um, it's even weirder when you have siblings, right? And like I understand now why they killed each other all the time. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and if you want to know more about that, watch The Crown on Netflix. Um, but no, all jokes aside, you know, for those who are affected, obviously condolences and everything. This is a soccer podcast, which means we've been affected by losing two weeks of the Premier League. Is that right? That's right. Unlike the know. Premier League, our two week breaks are totally planned. Yeah, I know. that's right. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how they're going to make that up in a season that also has the World Cup. But you know, here we are. Um, yeah, I would have liked the Queen to have thought this through in her secession plan, but whatever. It is what it is, I guess. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> she was really. She was really careless. Uh-huh. Um, her final act was to give delay Graham Potter's debut by two weeks. So. Uh, I am uh, I'm Stephen Ground, the guy who just talked, Justin Horniker, and the guy who won't talk hardly at all, Ian Peters. Ian, how are you doing today? I, I'm doing great. This is the, this is the most you have for me. Okay, uh, exactly. <laughs> goal of the week, Mbappe. Sorry, I just read something. It was a good goal. It was a good goal. Just try to keep it down over there. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we dive into the Premier League that is and is not, uh, we had some Champions League act- action this week. It always seems to start earlier and earlier. Uh, And to quarterback us through the best that Europe has to offer, and to be fair, a lot of the middle of what Europe has to offer, uh, we have Justin Horniker. Justin, take it away. The best of like countries you've never heard of have to offer, too. Yeah, it's just a good time all around. I love the Champions League. I want that to be out in the open. So, (laughs) kicks off with Group A, of course. Steven, Group A. Uh, Ajax and Napoli are top after day one. Do you have any mm-hmm. specific thoughts on the Napoli team that may or may not have been a team that you care about? I Liverpool? do not have any thoughts. I have not thought about it at all. <laughs> Liverpool, Liverpool is dead. The Queen sacrificed herself to give them the mental break that they need to regain form and dominate the rest of the season. That's good. I was thinking about a this. A well-known Liverpool supporter, Queen Elizabeth. I mean, she wouldn't. She can't come out and say it, you know, because of impartiality. But right. everybody knew because of the troubles. She and Kenny uh, Dalglish were like bosom buddies, you know. Yeah, Stephen. What would it take? What would be the most disastrous result? Say, because in this little bit of foreshadowing, and what we'll get to later in the pod. But of course, Chelsea lose. Tuchel is instantly sacked. What would it take? What the result would have to happen for like Klopp to just be like fired out the window on the way home? Uh, I don't think it's possible. I really <laughs> think. I mean, he would have to lose like twenty games in a row. I think for that to even be the conversation at this point. Yeah, so, I don't like. I don't think with how they like to spend money that they would like to pay two coaches at the same time. Yeah, that's another problem on top of everything else. So of course that's Group A. Ajax beat Celtic. Or no, they beat Rangers, the other Scottish team. Napoli beat Liverpool. I'm sure no one will get angry about me mixing them up, I'm sure. No, they're the same. <laughs> Scotland's got bigger issues today, so you know. This is just going to be a long pod. 
Groupy saw Atleti, Atletico Madrid, and Club Bruges go top. Uh, Leverkusen and FC Porto losing. That group is interesting to me because I would have thought that Bruges would be the last place team, but they've been given, uh, they gave Leverkusen some troubles here and uh, FC Porto as well. So that will be one to pay attention to. I think Atletico are clear, but the fight for second place will be interesting as well as Barcelona beating uh, Victoria Blusen. Yeah. Uh, And Bayern beating Inter. Uh, which is an interesting result as well. I don't think, I didn't think that Inter were like that far behind Bayern and it'll be interesting to see when they get to face Barcelona, like how that group shapes out. Group D saw Sporting Lisbon and Tottenham Hotspurs go top as they both won over Marseille and Eintracht Frankfurt respectively. That's right. Ian, did you get to watch that Tottenham game? No, not at all. Okay. Um, what I had heard about it, though, was that it was it was very Tottenham in the sense that mm. um, they were very boring, but also the game was always in hand. <laughs> it was very boring until like 75 minutes, and then they realized that they should probably score on a 10-man team. Uh, and then Richarlson put in two very good goals, but until then they had like, I think I sent you all the halftime stats where it was like oh, point one expected goals between the two and like one shot on goal. So it was not fun to watch until like the last 15 minutes which i think is less than of any tottenham game is just tune in for the last 15 minutes that's right <laughs> i anyway ian shut up let's move on uh groupie <laughs> saw dynamo zagreb go over chelsea which saw thomas tuchel get sacked and the appointment of graham potter which we will talk about later this was i like got the feeling during this game especially with like all the discourse around chelsea that like tugel's time probably wasn't long that it wasn't gonna last the season i was not expecting him to be fired like immediately after this game but yeah that, i mean that was that's surprising that was too. pretty shocking i think I, I i don't know i think i think chelsea's a really badly run <laughs> club right now yeah. um like if you're if you're if you're that unconfident in a guy, don't let him start the season as your yeah. manager. Like get a get a replacement before the season. Let a replacement do the um, transfer window and everything. You know you're already in chaos. You lost your owner. Um, you've got so much talent and you're not using it correctly. Like I don't. You know, Graham Potter was out there. It's not like he's new or it's not like, you know, Brighton's performance early this season suddenly made Graham Potter seem like a good manager. Like, yeah, he's always not news, you know? So I just don't, I really don't get this decision to start the season with Tuchel. Um, You know, I would say dig yourself a hole, but they're not even really in the hole much, you know? And like, Uh, apparently one of the big disagreements was that Todd Bowie wanted to bring Ronaldo in and Tuchel rightfully said no to that. And like, yeah, well, that's a bad (laughs) sign for sure. (laughs) Right. I'm no Tuchel fan, but I, as someone who watches the team with Ronaldo regularly, he would do nothing for that team at all. Yeah. (laughs) Have they not had their manager long before, like the one before Tuchel, have they not had him very long either? Chelsea notoriously move on from managers. Oh, right? like, okay. Yeah. And like Tuchel comes in, wins the Champions League, and then is out. Like that's <laughs> kind of because like Conte didn't last roll. long at Chelsea either. And yeah, it's just who knows? Who knows how many managers they've had at this point? So anyway, moving on. Chelsea, we don't care about them. They lost one nothing to Dynamo Zagreb. Moving on to Group F, Shakhtar Donetsk in Real Madrid, top of the table as RB Leipzig and Celtic lose those respective games. Shakhtar, funnily enough, have to play their home games at Warsaw this year. So that's fun and not problematic at all that they're still playing. And Group G saw Manchester City and Borussia Dortmund over FC Copenhagen and Sevilla. And that seems pretty straightforward. I think that group probably finishes like that. Um, and then the most one of the most interesting groups is Benfica and Paris Saint-Germain. 1-2 as Juventus and Maccabi Haifa both lost. But like Ian pointed out earlier, this PSG game included a couple amazing goals from Kylian Mbappe, which is just a joy to watch every time you can. Which is why I like the Champions League, because I don't get a lot of opportunities to watch PSG since they're hard to find. I just, I just wish 
Kylian Mbappe would get talked about more, you know? Yeah. Like he's really slept on. Really slept That's on. right. Why can't they separate him from that league? Why can't they <laughs> bring him to a real league? Mm. Yeah, a real league that I can watch without That's having right. to buy another subscription service. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Did you know that Richarlison called the Premier League day quote one of the best days of his life? When he scored? Yeah. Do you think that's because he's only played for Everton and therefore never been in the Premier League or in the Champions League? That's <laughs> yeah. probably what it is. I think his dad I mean, was there too. Like he got to celebrate that. with his dad, which is kind of awesome. And like Rich Arlison is my favorite heel in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. So I was happy to see it. <laughs> real real uh Randy Orton vibes. Yeah, for sure. Just a just a professional. It's actually <laughs> a perfect Randy Orton because he's a professional. Um and he'll kind of disappear and sneak up on you mm. for long periods of the time. And then from out of nowhere, he'll hit, you know, his yeah. 12 goals a season and you never can expect him. And you can't count on him, but they'll hit. And when they're they try, hit, they're definitely. some KO. Yeah. yeah likes right. to take a shirt they are off. KO, a exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. Loves to take a shirt off, et cetera, <laughs> et cetera. From uh, or went to like Hazelwood West. That's right. As, <laughs> as all great athletes always have. Famously from <laughs> <Charles. laughs> I remember that. I remember that. They don't. They just don't ask him where he went to high school. They don't do that enough. Over yeah, in the UK. my grandparents bought a car from his dad at some point. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah, he's almost related to the fuses. <laughs> well, that's enough for the Champions League. Um, Stephen, Ian, do you have any more any more comments? Any more concerns before we move on? No, I mean, I think uh, Liverpool will not win a game. I think they're yeah, screwed. I don't see, I don't see how they could possibly overcome any of this competition. Um, they're doomed, and my life is over. But other than that, I think it's been pretty good. Plenty you days know? ahead. Yeah, that's right. It's also that's interesting because right. Ajax, like in that group, Ajax sold off like all of their starting eleven and lost their manager, and are still like doing the same thing they always do. Happy days are here again. (laughs) And that's all I need to hear. I'll just have that song ringing in my head for the rest of the episode. You see Steven Uh, just like looking off to the side. (laughs) (laughs) Brands Um, leak out of his ear. Let's talk about the Premier League that we no longer have. Um, They got one look at the Arsenal man city mm. and tottenham being the top of the table and they canceled the whole thing um <laughs> they decided brighton being fourth was a bridge too far that's right that's right that's why they stole their manager and <laughs> killed their queen in the same day heartless um how do we feel about arsenal being top of the table like i I'm, i don't want to say they're for real i mean they're definitely for real in teams in terms of they're pretty good, looks like. Yeah. But like, are they for real in terms of being a title contender? I don't think so. I think pointing to the Man United game would prove that it's mm-hmm. like I think they're good for sure. And like the United Arsenal game could have went in Arsenal's favor very much, but they got definitely exposed with their counterattack in that they had like everyone in Manchester United's half at one point, so they just had to like make one pass forward and were in on goal for that. I think it was the third goal. And they're very exploitable still. So, like, I think they've definitely taken a step and, like, are a Champions League team. I think they're in that top four. But a bit of a misnomer being number one, if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I think they are definitely better than I expected them to be and good for them. Um, They also (laughs) didn't really play anyone through those first five games, which when I was writing my preview, I didn't really realize how... kind of easy-ish those first five games were so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting from here for on. sure but i think gabriel jesus has been huge for oh, yeah. them um i just still can't believe he just like left he just him and zinchenko have both been like yeah. phenomenal and yeah they yeah. just were able to to walk away it's interesting when you make big money signings and they actually just work out immediately <laughs> um it's actually the one thing that you're missing it turns out (laughs) hasn't been happening happening other places that i care about and follow Mm. soccer uh and in an unrelated note let's talk about liverpool drawing nothing nothing at everton i don't i don't get like this is truly a thing that i want 
your help understanding both of you because these rivalry matches and this isn't just uh the merseyside derby it's all over soccer like there can be rivalries between a really good team mm. and a super bad team i i think we all agree everton is super and, bad <laughs> and then we have at least one regular everton listener i, I say this with respect wah, wah. to garrett but this, super this team is not <laughs> and liverpool whatever they're whatever their faults this year we would categorize them as at least pretty good you know and the talent is off the charts and yet these these rivalry games just somehow are always low scoring and close and i don't understand what the magic is that makes liverpool just not wipe the floor with everton you know like i think it's just all this mental game of like this is the derby and they probably hope bury the whistles a little more and all that but like um, anyway, it's interesting to me. It's definitely like a more physical game too. Like you notice that in like every Derby in the Premier League, they they do tend to bury the whistles. And I think like especially against Liverpool and a team like Everton, who like are willing to exploit that, makes a big difference. <laughs> yeah, it's like I the other thing too is it's not like Liverpool just completely outplayed them. Like it was a relatively close game when you look at like the stats as far as the open play goes. So. Like they just didn't have it for whatever reason. And is that Everton getting up for it? Is that Liverpool like looking ahead to the Champions League game, which also didn't work out very well for him? Sorry, Steven. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think what happened here is there's a couple of things that happened. First of all, they have a lot of talent on offense right now, but they're mm. not, they, I mean, uh, Liverpool, they're not as um, cohesive as they once were that I think the loss of Mane is big, is really big for them, not necessarily because they don't have him as an individual, uh, which is not as meant as an insult to him. He's a very good soccer player, but like, it's not as much about him as it it's is the, about like, the shape yeah and they, like the entire game plan yeah they yeah. built and created for for five years basically around that front three and now Firmino is you know definitely I, I don't think he's washed but he's definitely not in his prime anymore and Mane's gone and Diaz has been absurdly great and Jota can be very good and Nunez can be very good, but it's just like a very different dynamic. And so I think that changes things. I was listening to a Liverpool podcast. They made a really interesting point about, you know, Tiago is gone and everybody says, well, as long, you know, if they don't have Tiago to distribute, he's not gone, he's injured, mm. you know, but if they don't have Tiago to distribute, the offense just kind of breaks down. And they basically said, but why? Cause he wasn't here three years ago when this was one of the best teams in the world, one, one of the most dangerous offensive teams in the world, like it shouldn't be that you would need him so much to, you know, make the team work. But I think, I think we're seeing a little bit of that, um, of just the unwillingness to spend money coming back to bite them because they're not going out and getting, you know, Mm. I, I love Jordan Henderson, but like it's pretty obvious he's past his prime now and you don't have a replacement for him. I'm not saying you replace him entirely, get rid of him, but if you had the money you could spend on top of whatever you're paying him to go get a really good midfielder, you know, that's not, not one of these discount guys that's 18 that you think could become really good or not one of these, you know, guys from a, a second or third tier league that, you think fits your system, but doesn't have the big time experience yet. Like you go out and pay for the guy that's already good and already doing what you need to do. And they've done that a few times with Van Dyke and, and Allison are, yeah. are the, you know, the most obvious too, but like, I think it's all coming back to bite them a little bit. Injuries have been a problem um, for sure. Nunez hasn't blended in as quickly as you'd hope, but I think that goes back to the system thing. Um, but the other thing here, and this really was a, t- a total managerial thing, is is when they subbed on James Milner to be a left back, uh, um, that can never happen again. I yeah, think I didn't like right it. Back, but it speaks to that point, though, Stephen, that like they don't have enough 
in terms of like reinforcements that James Milner is like an actual active sub that you're using in various different situations. And that, yeah, James Milner should not be a Premier League player in the year of our lawyer 2022. I don't even think it, I wouldn't even go that far. I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. I think he can serve a role in the midfield, especially as like a, you know, especially in like against lower tier opposition. And, mm. and this yeah, kind yeah. of a, the, this kind of a champions league draw would be perfect for him because he can slow the game down and be smart. And when you're playing your B roster, he can really captain that team. But the dude does not have the speed or the athleticism to be a, a premier league fullback. anymore. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's obvious. And, and, that was just a, a complete miscalculation and it didn't end up biting them in terms of like surrendering a goal, but it was definitely like an immediate change to the pace of the and feeling of the game. And, and one that he corrected 15 minutes later with a different sub. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was bad seeing him in that spot for sure. And so, you know, I think they should have cleared, cleaned that up quicker. I do like to picture what goes through Klopp's head when he puts Milner out there than the 15 minutes before he decides to like switch it up. <laughs> yeah. Like just observing. Oh shit, this isn't working. <laughs> What's he doing? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of problems here. I think they can figure it out. I don't know. You know, I mean, fortunately, Man City has lost a couple games, or I would say the title chase is already pretty much over. I certainly don't think it's likely at this point to get a premier league title um but stranger things have happened i guess hmm. but you know if they, let's I just think say i don't know how strong the teams in front of them outside of manchester city yeah are. for sure and I, <laughs> I i definitely think they have you know they still plenty of time to turn around the champions league plenty of time to turn around well not even turn around but you know compete for the fa cup or the the cherished carabao cup coveted is the word i was looking for um but but i mean i think uh i think obviously it's it's not been the start anybody wanted so you know uh ian did you watch the tottenham fulham game i did tony <laughs> tony khan having a real rough week um how'd that go what were your thoughts uh, you know what? The Please skills... stop talking, Ian. Put this... That's too much. That's too <laughs> That's much. Not there, there, won't, there won't be a lot. Uh, I don't know. It felt very, it felt very much like uh, you know when the Blues win a game handedly. I'm like, well, they look pretty good, so you know everyone did well, and that, that's it. Um, no, I thought it was. I thought despite the score being two one, and maybe like I didn't watch it initially I didn't watch it live so I was kind of like well is that you know it's a win it's three points is it a good two one is that a, like a really shitty two one um but no it was a, it was an a dominating two one we'll say um a lot more shots on that a lot more shots on target um again I still think Tottenham came out a little slow but you know I think they actually looked a little bit better than other games in the first half uh in terms of just like possession and actually pushing the pace um, a little bit I mean they managed to actually score a goal in the first half albeit the later half of the first half but a, a goal nevertheless um in the first and, 40 minutes that's unheard of I know <laughs> and I was like and even after um along the tying goal like within whatever it was six seven minutes they had a goal from Richarlison to make it 2-1 and that was pretty much over from there um yeah I mean even when it was even when the Tangle win. I gotta say, I didn't actually. You know, I guess I obviously knew that it was going to be two one, but like, I didn't think that the team looked like they were faltering at all, or um, you know, on their back foot or anything like that. So it was a convincing win for me. Um, from Alexander Mitrovic, who has just been on fire in like Fulham's only scoring chance this year too. That and see, there you go. So what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to stop that guy is on. He's, you know, give, him, give him his goal. Um, <laughs> They're just being kind. Uh, it's interesting because they've played Fulham, who's who seems to be like an all right team. They drew with with West Ham, who is not looking all that great. Um, which you know wasn't a great wasn't a great draw. Um, I I worried. I don't know enough about some of these players. I worried about their like back three defenders. There was a lot of like weird 
shit going on in that game <laughs> that I don't quite understand. Part things where I didn't understand when they went. Usually, you don't want to describe your back three defenders as doing yeah. some weird shit. <laughs> I, I like I didn't understand it, and then it would turn out poorly, and I was like, "Oh, I get it. I don't understand it like everyone else. Like it's nice to be in on it. <laughs> like this is how this nice is to how it's supposed to work." And, and I mean, then they beat um, Nottingham Forest like the week before and Nottingham being like bottom three in the standings. Like, so it's it's good. They're four wins, two draws. They haven't, you know, quote unquote lost yet. But I'm also like, they haven't really played any like big teams yet. And if if the Queen had just, you know, held on for a couple more weeks, <laughs> we, would have, we would have seen the next three games were like against Man City and then... Leicester um, and then Arsenal and as we've all agreed that was going to be a, a win-loss win <laughs> um, but it would it would have at least been something different and it would have been a Tottenham playing these stronger teams and we'll, we'll see what happens if they you know with these delays if that helps them hurts them whatever but I was kind of looking forward to seeing them play like some top flight teams and see what they looked like against them. Cause it seems like they can handle themselves against the bottom half, which is good. I you gotta, can't you take that for granted. You can't, yeah, you can't take that for granted. Those are the ones you got to win, but I was interested to see them play. Um, yeah. Some, some better teams. So we'll see. You, you take the three points. Um, no goals from Sun yet. I, you know, it's that that's okay, right? He's that's one of right. those guys that I'm sure when he scores, he scores he's, in bunches. He's distributing, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, <laughs> Listen, that's they I'm can only for. score one to two goals a game. You know, there's no room for him to score. It just can't be allowed. What I didn't like about this game was that I thought I was starting to understand, or I was starting to learn the names of everyone on this team, and then they subbed in at the beginning of the game, or they started at the beginning of the game, like three or four different humans, and I was like, ah, shit. I don't know. I don't know Bentacore. I don't know Sessegnon. I don't know. Oh, God. Langlet. I don't even know. That's probably not even how you pronounce it. Um, And I was like, oh, man, I thought I knew all these guys. You got to put back in Davies and Kulisevsky and that's Perisic. the problem. And when we start getting into Europe, all of a sudden you start dredging out your James Milner's and your uh, Ivan Perisic's of the world. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Oh, so, okay, so that's interesting. So that's is this a whole strategy then? You're like, okay, look, you're not playing these games as we need you for. Yeah, for like if you have a game Champions in the midweek, yeah, you might rotate right. a little bit heading into it. That makes sense. That makes sense. No learning. You're getting it. So interesting. It's, it blows. It still kind of blows my mind sometimes, like that these all happen at the same time. Because I'm like, imagine yeah. the Cardinals were like, we're in a hunt for the playoffs, but also we got to go play Japan tomorrow. <laughs> so in the meantime, we're going to rest our players. Yeah. <laughs> <Interesting>. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on Antonio Conte having to shake Thomas Tuchel's hand and the fallout of Thomas Tuchel being fired? Um, Do you think um, that was just? I think yeah. it's immediate. A to B relationship. <laughs> yeah. I think, effect. I think Conte got him fired. I mm. think if, if Conte would have been, if uh, Tuchel would have been, you know, gracious and just taking the handshake, there was no need for eye contact. You don't always got to look people dead in the eye. I don't. I I rarely look people Frankly, in the eye. Frankly, I hate it having to look people in the eye, <laughs> yeah. if we're being honest here. <laughs> I've been told by multiple people through my life that they thought I hated them. And that's because <laughs> I can't look people in the eye. And they're like, mm, they don't seem to like me. No, I start feeling very awkward if I had to make more than like three seconds of eye it's contact. It's too much. And too cool. He's got to know that. You got to know that about people. Some people are just different that way. And he doesn't respect that. And so he shouldn't be a coach in the Premier League. And you should be booted out, and it was just it was it was just desserts. I'm glad that we could get to the bottom of that on this podcast. That's right. Um, speaking of things to get to, Conte the for King. Um, <laughs> could you imagine? That's right. Italy is just all of Europe now. Manchester United, are they good? What's the story there? What are I think thoughts? they're. I think they're good. I think they're they're starting to turn the corner. If anything, this two week absence will probably do them a little bit of good to get some more time in with Aaron Ten Hag to put a system into place. Yeah, I thought this was a good game. And especially what happened to the first nine hogs? I, 
we don't talk about them. We, we don't <laughs> talk about them. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I just had to ask. I'm sorry. I'm a little bit upset that you brought it up. Question had to be yeah. asked. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's a good team. I think especially like bringing in Anthony is going to do them really well because the way that him and Rashford played off each other just in this first game uh, was extremely satisfying. And I don't think Rashford necessarily loves playing as a center forward. I think he usually prefers playing out wide, but like it obviously worked out well in him and Anthony can switch off in that role a little bit as well. And it feels good when you pay a hundred million dollars for a guy and he scores a goal in the first game. Like that's how that's supposed that does, to work. <laughs> that does feel good. Does uh, feel I, w- good. I wouldn't know anything about that. But. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we didn't even um, mention the addition of Artur to the Liverpool oh, midfield. Yeah. That happened. Um, Transfer deadline day is such a blur. Like I end up missing some crucial move because it just all comes in at once. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, he hasn't gotten a debut. I don't think um, because of the, you know, and now it will it will obviously be delayed because of the Queen mm-hmm. situation, but. I think it's a good pickup. You know, Arturo will definitely another, do good at like when be good. Yago he's, can't go. He's a talented guy. He's good for the role, but it is another very much Liverpool. Like, well, we're not going to go spend money yeah. on somebody to keep permanently. We're just going to loan somebody and then maybe we'll add him at the end of the season, but mm. honestly, probably not, you know, and it's like, okay, well, cool, but it's a bit of a stop. Not game. really what I was yeah. looking for. Yeah. <laughs> But um, but yeah, I mean, I think he's he'll do well here, and you know, I'm gen- genuine, gen, gen, generally excited. I can't speak, but you know. <laughs> but yeah, talking to the United Arsenal game, United ended up winning three one, and like actually won the XG battle, which I was curious about because I thought Arsenal actually looked pretty good, especially through the first thirty minutes, the first half, and then even in the second half at times when they were pushing for a goal, they just pushed men a little bit too high. Uh, and then it just led to like a nice, easy Marcus Rashford goal. Marcus Rashford mm-hmm. brace here today, which you love to see. That guy scoring again. That would be really good for United. Bruno Fernandez and Christian Eriksen have like a great little partnership developing in the midfield, which is really fun. And then Jay and Sancho seems like he's playing as himself under Ten Hag also. So it's a fun time. And it's actually nice to see like positivity, even though mm-hmm. McTominay is somehow starting over Casemiro, it's still good. I, I enjoy Is that not how you'd pick the team? Ideally, that's not how I would write it up, but Erickson Hogg knows more than I do, so so I'll trust him. Yeah, I guess so, <laughs> uh, if you're into that. Man City did draw with Aston Villa one-to-one, so they're keeping the league interesting. Thanks for doing your part. Graham Potter, we already alluded to, is the new manager at Chelsea. Um, the question here you asked, will Graham Potter be better for Chelsea? I'll get your answer in just a minute, uh, Justin, but I want to leap in with my hot take of, no, he will not. Um, <laughs> it's not anything to do with him, really. I think he's a really good manager. Mm. But I think Chelsea has the problem that um, Man United had uh, until recently. They have talent, but no identity. Like, yeah. no identity at all. And I don't think... I don't think Graham Potter can just magically give them the identity because he hasn't built the roster. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't want to always make the Klopp comparison because I'm tired and people are tired of hearing it. But like he, yeah. in a, he in a way got lucky because he came into a Liverpool team that was very mediocre. And like everybody knew it was mediocre and nobody was like, oh, this team has to succeed right away. Yeah, like, they brought they him in for him, the project. They wanted him to come in and build a team in his identity. Graham Potter's not going to have that luxury. I mean, he's expected to turn around and compete for a title in the Champion League, Champions League right now. Um, but this is a team that still has, you know, Sterling, Havertz, and Aubameyang all on attack. You can't you can't give spaces to all those guys. Yeah, They're not, Christian Pulisic still like... Yeah fighting for space you've got midfield and yeah some of these guys you could say are on attack too but like just looking at their depth chart you've got mount and Jorginho, and conte is hurt uh but he's there kovacic polisic uh 
all of those guys plus more that are, you know, fine, but those are kind of your headline guys mm. that are also in the midfield. That's eight names for like six, five, six spots, you know, that's, and that's more than just like a rotational problem. It's like, you cannot make. Yeah. You literally cannot fit all, these, all these players into your game plan. Um, and, you know, it's not even, those aren't like cohesive interchangeable parts either. You know, it's not like, Christian Pulisic doesn't do the same things really well that Mason Mount does really well. And yeah, that was the like example of the formation. Use. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> like that's they're completely different players just because they're young superstars, potential superstars doesn't mean that they're at all similar, mm-hmm. and you can't just fit them together like you know interchangeable pieces. It's not like a an assembly line process. It's like a, it's just a mess, and I don't think you could bring in. You know, I don't bring think you could bring in Sir Alex Ferguson and have him just fix it, you know, because yeah. it's just and not like, that's just not how it works. When you look at what like Christian Pulisic from like an American standpoint, when you look at what he's good at, which is like being kind of a fast paced player playing on a fast break like style of offense to say like what the US is. It's very up and down verticality, as we like to say. And like two goals system was not that. It was very much like slow slow down the ball, control possession, make sure you're steady at the back and go from there and like i don't think pulisic is good in that system like he's a good player obviously he's but like the fit has just never been right so hopefully potter can kind of like use him a little bit better and that's kind of what he did at brighton which makes you think that like maybe it'll work out a little bit better um that he like has more willingness to kind of adjust his tactics around his team because at brighton you didn't really have a choice because they weren't they couldn't spend a ton of money so like that part is a little bit a little bit good to see a little bit leaves you optimistic and there's a good article in the athletic if every anyone is curious about what Graham Potter could bring to the table that kind of goes into what Graham Potter does and what Tuchel did at Chelsea and how like those differences could maybe play out but ultimately like you said Stephen it's like the roster itself is a mismatch of like there's no cohesiveness at all there. yeah which goes back to my original point of like replacing him right after mm. the transfer period ends, right after whatever. Like the decision, for example, not to get rid of uh, Pulisic yes. is so mind bogglingly <laughs> stupid to me because you're not using him. And maybe, listen, maybe, maybe uh, Potter will love Pulisic and he'll be an mm. everyday starter and it'll transform his career. I certainly hope he does, but like, in Tuchel's case, it's like you're not using him. Why are? Why do you want this unhappy person in your locker room? What's that? Well, what's like that apparently that's a Todd Bowley thing too. It's Tuchel wanted him to go out on loan because yeah, you're not using him. He's like not happy. It's not good for you to like keep him around, right? So like, yeah, have him go out alone. Have him get playing time and experience so that if you ever do need him, he's sharp uh-huh. uh, and at least developing as a player because he's not a finished player yet because he's still like we forget how young Christian Pulisic still is as like yeah. a world class player. Yeah. But like, that's a situation where I don't, I don't understand the logic there. And, and maybe it's just a marketing. They want the young American superstar. Like and it seems why. like, it seems like there is no logic outside of we yeah. use him to market to the States. Which is like, great. But if he's never on the field, then that's not going to work. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if he's angry and the entire American fan base yeah. is angry that he's there, like that's not necessarily helping your marketing cause. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I didn't mean to derail any thoughts you had. Do you have any more you want to say there? Or Ian, do you have any thoughts? Harry Potter's dad is not going to be able to say this. <laughs> no, like I do find it interesting whenever these, like it feels a lot like, and I hate to say this, but it feels a lot like David Moyes going to Manchester United after Alex Ferguson, where it's like he just has no chance and it's going to like ruin him. Like I'm worried for Graham Potter that it's just going to ruin him for like, it's going to take him five years coaching in Spain to get his mojo back. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I just, um, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird situation. Chelsea is a really badly run club. You know what else is a weird situation? What's that? Diego Costa signing with wolves all of a sudden. That's a weird situation. That is very weird for sure. I mean, good for him. Uh, <laughs> I was like, do you have more to say about that? Um, no, I just thought it was very strange. I wanted to to bring that out, put that out there in the ether of it. It's an interesting match, let's just say. 
it is an interesting match, you know. Um, but hey, someone who I hadn't thought about in a long time. That it's is also cool for wolves, I suppose. Yeah, because he's been a good player at the very least. He's a marketable player and all that. Is um, familiar with the Premier League at least. Yeah, but uh, it definitely is out of nowhere, and it's out of strange. Ian, what's your best? Uh, what's your best? Um, Diego Costa memory. Oh man. Um let's start, let's try this. Uh Ian, what former Premier League team did Diego Costa once play for? Oh no. Has it been yeah. talked about already? No, but he was there. We talked about this team in depth recently. And he was there for five years. Nothing. You got nothing on Diego Costa. <laughs> That's like <laughs> Former, uh, former, Chelsea, about, player, former oh, Chelsea player. Okay. What about in January 2015 when following two stamp incidents involving Costa and Liverpool players for which Costa received a three-match ban and oh, by the about FA, that. Liverpool manager Brendan Rodgers stated that he thought Costa had fouled his players when he, quote, easily could have hurdled over the player and, quote, there's no need to do it. Costa described his style of play as strong but noble and refuted <laughs> allegations that he deliberately aims to injure opponents. Strong button. Any thoughts on that? Um, any thoughts on Atletico Madrid's Diego Costa handed eight match ban for insulting referee? Uh, according to the Guardian, he used a Spanish phrase that referred to defecating on his prostitute mother, and that is what got him an eight match ban. What a stand up guy. What a guy. <laughs> That's classic. That's fantastic. So, uh, yeah, Diego Costa comes no bag. Great guy. Yeah. yeah, no, solid, <laughs> solid addition, I would say. Um, anything else to uh, cover overseas before we move into MOS? Don't believe so, Stephen. As we've said many times, the Premier League will be on two-week hiatus, so uh, could be, maybe could be three weeks before you hear from us again. I don't know. We still have Champions League and yeah, MOS. Champions such, League. We but... can talk about something. How have, we talked, is have we talked on here about the fact that they are playing the first game in our stadium? I don't think we have. I think that broke. No, I think that did break last after podcast. our last podcast. Yes. Uh, that's really exciting. I mean, it goes without saying. That's pretty obvious that it's exciting, but it is still exciting. Yeah. So uh, STL City will play Sporting KC2 at home at Centene Stadium for some select season ticket holders. Yeah. Is your dad going to be one of them? They're uh, they're gonna have a raffle. There's so oh, there's four okay. of them. They only get to use two tickets, so they're gonna have to make some uh, tough decisions here. Well, tell tell me, <laughs> tell me uh, your thoughts on that that moment. Both of you, tell me your thoughts on the stadium opening. Like I might cry, honestly. Like I'm just like I was thinking about this when it happened. That like the amount of times that me and my dad had had that conversation, like going to soccer games, of like how excited we are to eventually see a top tier team in St. Louis and the fact that it's like finally here, we finally have our own stadium. I might cry. It's very, it's very possible. Yeah, I no judgment. That. It's a big yeah. moment. Have we seen that stadium like be constructed over the last like that's too much. This is the last year and a half, two years. Uh I mean it's pretty incredible. Um driving by that all the time going to blues games and stuff and like they've done a lot with the whole area and uh, yeah, I think it'll be very surreal at whatever point, you know, you get to be inside that stadium and see an actual game played. Um, I think it's gonna be great. I think it's cool that they're opening it up for their, for their secondary team though, because like they've, they've already been playing, they've put hmm. a lot of time and effort, like give them the reward of like being able to play in this like brand new arena would be really cool. And now that, and as you say, uh, that whole area, of course, you mean the, <laughs> western part of downtown right yes downtown west it's called steven the western (laughs) western neighborhoods of downtown steven's never gonna be able to find the stadium because he's gonna be asking for that stadium you know in west downtown and they're like i don't know what you're talking about sir i think we refer to the area as just east of st louis county if If you hail one of the two taxis in the city and you ask for downtown west they'll know where you're going Oh, I know. The Cybergs are going to Cybergs. No, I'm going to the same. Oh, yes, right. I know exactly. Oh, of course. That's right next to Cybergs. (laughs) (laughs) 
I do not believe that downtown West exists. For those of you who aren't OG podcast listeners, well, first of all, welcome. Second of all, um, yeah, I mean, I would just say downtown West is a lie and don't buy into the hype because it <laughs> never existed and it doesn't exist now. It exists. It's a bustling go. neighborhood. It has its own alderman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that wasn't. But does he know he's the alderman from downtown West? I uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> he thinks he's the alderman like, for downtown. I'm District Six, and you know, does he know that downtown West is in his aldermanic domain? That's yeah, right. I'm not sure. It'd be a good, it'd be a good uh, research opportunity. I think. It'll be my next article coming Fair up. Give him a call as a concerned citizen. Give him a call. <laughs> his office should be in downtown West. It's in. It's in Centene uh, Stadium. That's yes. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> more like downtown less boom roasting got him uh, they also you did you guys see the drone shots of practice taking place on the practice fields also in downtown west did you did you all see those is very majestic i would not acknowledge that they were labeled <laughs> it, so I purge those from his memory that's right uh places that are not downtown west include philadelphia a team that is now leading mls's eastern division uh coming off of four wins in a row um they they righted the ship they were they were in the middle of the pack for a while there were they not am i they were yeah and they've always been like you know in that we always knew they were good yeah in that mix of like the top three teams but had never really like pulled away but now they're Mm. like if you look at goal differential they yeah they're like head and toes head and shoulders is the phrase i was looking for head and shoulders above all the rest (laughs) head and shoulders and knees and toes yeah, we have a decided two-team top strata of MOS. Um, and then behind that, we kind of have a, a two-team second tier. Philadelphia Union and LAFC have 60 points apiece. They're fighting for the community shield. Um, obviously, one for the East and one for the West. And bes- behind them in their respective contra- uh, conferences, Montreal. Uh, I refuse to say CF Montreal because that's ridiculous. It has 52 points, and Austin FC, congratulations, all right, all right, all right, have 51 points, um, and then you get into that kind of next tier of the mid-40s into the uh, in both cases. So really, those four teams are, you know, I mean, obviously, the playoffs is a whole different animal and everything, but right now, those four teams have kind of a commanding lead. They're obviously, you know, set in stone for the playoffs pretty mm-hmm. much. Um, what do you make about those four teams? Are they all real contenders? Where are you at with that? Justin? Yeah, I think so. Like, I mean, maybe, I don't know. Like, it's so, I think my top two teams, LAFC and the Union, are legit. I think everything else, like, underneath it is, like, when you get to playoff time, I don't know. Also, FC have that kind of, like, destiny thing on their side, though. Um, and I think they're a little bit more legit than, like, Montreal is. Uh mm-hmm. But yeah, playoffs are tough. And like when you're Austin FC, you haven't been there before. I think there might be like some learning experience there. Yeah, for sure. Austin FC seems like a legit club. Like I think they're going to be in that yeah. kind of as in much as as much as there's a little bit of that controversy over them and their, you know, genesis. We don't like um, the way they got there. Let's just yeah. say. <laughs> as much as that's true, I do think now that they exist and everything's good and Columbus is still a thing, um, I think that's going to be up there with like, you know, Portland and Seattle as kind of those, and hopefully St. Louis City SC as kind of those like trademark destinations for MLS, mm. the must-see games, that kind of, you know, atmosphere. Must-see atmospheres, yeah. Um, LAFC and, and Galaxy as well, obviously. You know, there are a lot of good atmospheres, but I think... I think they'll be near the top. Um, so good for them. Uh, behind them, behind those teams right now in the East, we have the Red Bulls, New York SC, last year's champions at fourth place with 46 points, Orlando City, 42 points, Columbus Crew, 40 points, and FC Cincinnati still clinging to a playoff spot by one point. Holding on for dear being life. Chased by New England <laughs> Revolution and enter Miami. Uh, FC Cincinnati has not um, lost any of their last five, but they have drawn four of the five of them. Justin, do they hold on to a playoff spot? 
oh man, I want to say no so bad, but like I think that all those teams behind them for the most part, like I think the Revolution being back one point, I think that's a better team. Inter Miami, like they're probably where they need to be, and then Toronto is surging late, but they uh they lost to Montreal the other day, which was not good for them. Um, like I wonder if they can outpace New England and Toronto. Like Toronto is a much better team, as we've talked about time and time again with how their transfer situation worked out, but they're running out of time. And like that's gonna be interesting to see if they'll be able to catch like a much worse Cincinnati team. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting. And like um, ultimately, I, seventh place in the East, like that's probably not going to be a good team, regardless. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's not. They're not. They're not exactly Real Madrid over here. Uh, uh, but, but um, I think they don't hold on. I will go out and say I yeah. don't think they hold it. I think they will lose it out to probably the Revolution. Yeah, but for my maybe. sanity, I would like to make the playoffs as St. Louis before Cincinnati does. I think that would be yeah. nice. That would taste really good a, to me. Three-year, four-year head start? Four-year, I guess, yeah. Almost five-year um, by that time. Behind LS, LAFC and Austin in the West are FC Dallas. Texas rivalry going strong. Nashville FC, disgusting. Minnesota United, real boring center <laughs> of the pack there. Uh, Real Salt Lake and Portland Timbers are in uh sixth and seventh tied with 42 points and three points behind them looking uh on the outside looking in right now and looking like a, a long shot the la galaxy with 39 mm-hmm. points and then three points farther behind them uh seattle sounders who have lost three of their last five gonna be probably looking like a playoffs without either the galaxy or the sounders what do you yeah, think is that it's interesting because like the galaxy are kind of in that situation that toronto is like they made some really good midseason acquisitions, but like had such a bad start that they're like so far behind the eight ball now. And then mm-hmm. Seattle just like hasn't been able to really get rolling this year. So I think they're done. So the question is like, can the Galaxy then catch up? And like Ricky Puig has been like so phenomenal since coming over uh, that it's like really cool to see. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Do you think they make it? I think so. Like, I, for like selfish reasons, just want to see good soccer. So I want to see the better teams to make the playoffs. So that's mm-hmm. why I'll be like, of course. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't have a lot of faith in this Real Salt Lake team. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I get that. Ian, uh, what's your favorite LA Galaxy memory? Um, Is it Kobe Jones? Because that's mine. Oh, yeah. I think I remember him from backyard soccer. That's yes. what I'm talking about. Exactly. He was, yeah, That's my it. favorite player for a long time because he's the only like actual U.S. player that you could play. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. Um, also, he so was yeah. on the back of like FIFA 98, I think. Like they had a U.S. version. I remember his picture being on the back of it. That's that's my. Yeah. There we go. Uh, anyway, I cut you off, Steve. I'm sorry. No, you're good. I was just gonna <laughs> say um, we haven't talked about. The bottom of the barrel, I don't think we really need to. DC United bringing up the rear of the entire league. Um, We've got uh, Houston Dynamo, also really bad. Earthquakes, Sporting KC struggling. Charlotte and Chicago struggling, et cetera. Um, Hottest teams in the league right now. Nashville are on a four-game heater. Philadelphia are on a four-game heater. Montreal for their last five. Orlando City on a four-game heater. Um, so you Orlando know, City winning the Lamar Ho- Hunt Open Cup last night as well. So mm-hmm. that's right, that silverware. Very exciting. Uh, on Saturday, we've got LA Galaxy in Nashville. That's you know a potentially important playoff matchup. Um, the Union and Orlando City are showing down. That's also exciting uh sounders and austin you know would be exciting but sounders have been pretty bad mm-hmm. fc dallas and lafc that's the top of the table matchup definitely one to watch um and yeah portland timbers and minnesota united probably won't be a great game but could be fun yeah Still and at least it. these games aren't being canceled because an old lady died that's so right you got that going for 90, us six <laughs> year old woman and nobody saw it coming um Anything else you guys want to talk about before we get out of here and pay our respects to the Queen, Her Majesty, the Queen? Yeah, I gotta get on a plane. That's oh, right. 
All right. All right. <laughs> Ian's very close with the Windsor family. I don't know yeah. if you know this about our. I did not. So I'm glad that you. Executive. Not that close. President. Like, not that close. Like, not that has some weird connotations. Not, not to be investigated. <laughs> 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 so to hey, some phone hey, calls hey, out of the hey, podcast. Hey. I, yeah, the <laughs> podcast went to black all of a sudden. I don't know what That's happened. right. I got some file. There's files. I said, okay. <laughs> Look, I've got uh, a lot of dirt on the queen. Let's just say that. I, uh, I don't got to use it anymore. I went to the That's U.S. Right. women's game in Kansas City. I got this new scarf, if you're wondering why there's a scarf added to the collection. So that was good. Oh, nice. I enjoyed my time. Very good. Very nice. So, I found my old uh, St. Louis City S or St. Louis City FC. St. Louis oh, FC. I can't tell. Yeah. Uh, my old St. Louis FC scarf from the one game that Ian and I went to. R.I.P. Yeah, I think right. about that every time I drive by there. That's right. Exactly. Um, okay. So that's it. I guess we're done. I guess we've covered it. Uh, RIP to a real one, Queen Elizabeth. Uh, I feel so disrespectful. She barely you know. <laughs> I, I struggle with it because, like, in my head, I'm like, she's a badass. She was a queen for like 60 years. And then I, I know there's a lot of people that are like, not a good person. So I'm like, I don't know what to say. But, you know, I think people. It's more, like, I don't think it's on the queen per se i think, I think it's, it's more the monarchy and yeah right, right. Um, what it represents yeah for sure for sure uh but you know uh it is a, a historic day and we won't and, have premier league soccer for two weeks so and we won that war so what do we care that's right exactly <laughs> we got rid of them almost 250 years ago we're not so. like those canadians that have to act like they care that's right that's right <laughs> Oh, stupid Canada. Stupid, <laughs> stupid Canada. If we can't unite around the Queen, at least we can unite on hating Canada. So with that That's said, uh, thanks everybody for listening. We will be back in probably two weeks, maybe three, so we have Premier League action. Who knows? Um, happy whatever day this is that isn't um, the sad, sad, I'm sure it's a holiday of some kind. Um, if it's a holiday and you're celebrating it, enjoyed that i was gonna say happy labor day and then we were way after the point so people late labor have day. To, it's never to too late to rise against the establishment happy, <laughs> unionize my friends <laughs> happy um victory day in pakistan so you know there you oh, go no, i hope that's some more issues more i don't know i hope that's happy happy macedonian independence there we go now and international literacy day so there we go Macedonia, way to go. You're independent now and loving it. So we'll talk to you all later. Have a great night. Adios. See ya.
myself on fire. I'm walking. 